Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, Rockstars? Matt Johnson here. Welcome back to the UX Podcast. I have an awesome conversation for you. We've got Claude Probert of the White Hat SEO Agency out of the UK. And man, live, this is an incredible conversation. I'm so excited for you to hear it because there, there's a lot of folks in the audience uh, that have uh, ex- maybe experimented or they're looking at running uh, regular events or maybe they're already doing some at a certain level and looking for ways to grow and leverage and maximize them. And, and Claude and his team has really figured this out. They're running what's called the HubSpot User Group in London, which if anybody's in the HubSpot ecosystem, you're probably familiar with that, but they were, they got a little dissatisfied with how it was in its original format and asked to take it over. And man, they have absolutely run with it and crushed it. And so we're going to talk about how to run a monthly live event to connect and nurture your ideal clients. And we're talking about an event that is content focused. It grows organically to the point where you have enough people, enough butts in the seat, so to speak, that now you can go out and get uh, guest speakers and even celebrity guest speakers and, and authors to come in and speak to this group of people that you have where they are actually your ideal clients and even some uh, agency partners and other professional services firms that can send you referrals or even work with the similar clients. And so this is a, a really genius kind of a way to connect and get belly to belly with the exact people that you want to be in relationship with. And so we talk about kind of the, the logistics of how they pull this off, where it started, what it looks like, how to get more people there, the hand-to-hand combat of kind of getting butts in the seats for a live event. But we also had a much bigger conversation uh, with Claude about just the business that he's built and how he's structured it because it's super interesting. Essentially, he's built a UX machine where he has a small full-time staff of a, of a handful of people, including himself, that does all the sales and marketing, the high-level strategy, customer support, etc. But then he's got these pockets of, of contractors that are already in teams all across the world from South Africa to the Philippines that actually does the implementation of most of the work, but following Claude's systems. And he is a systems genius. Uh, so I, I'm excited for you to hear it in terms of how he set it up and how he structured it because what it allows him to do is, is it's, it's a relatively easy uh, structure to maintain rather than showing up and having a whole bunch of full-time employees in an office, right? So if you're, if you're on the introverted side and you don't want that many people in your space, uh, Claude's business model is amazing because it's a handful of people around you and then all these people around the world. You do have to have the systems and the accountability to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they have to have systems and processes to plug into. And so we, Claude talks about why you have to build the processes and systems first before you start adding people into it. We also talk about how getting into and really specializing in the HubSpot environment in their case has really enabled them to change the types of conversations that they have with their ideal clients, right? So when they go into an engagement, they now have a completely different level of conversation, a true business conversation with their ideal client. They're not just taking orders for what the client thinks they need. And that's a shift that we can all make whether or not we're, we have any idea what HubSpot is or not. And a lot of you will, uh, but whether you're, whether you decide that that's the ecosystem for you or whether whether your ecosystem is a certain type of business coach or consulting client that you decide to specialize in, when we really get specific about who we're serving, uh, Claude's point is that that's what gives us the ability to understand 
that market and our customers' challenges at the level to which we can have a true business conversation. And when we do, it changes the quality of the relationship that we have with the client. So there are some amazing insights. I know you're going to get a ton of value out of this conversation. Uh, if you're in the HubSpot world, even better, you probably know who Claude is already. They are a platinum partner. Uh, if you're not familiar uh, with that world, no worries. This conversation is so incredibly valuable for anyone that runs a professional service firm of any kind, whether you're a business coach or a consultant or an agency owner. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let's jump in with Claude. All right. And officially, Claude, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Really pleasure to be here. Well, I appreciate it because it's uh, you're you're joining us from the UK, in which you've been you've been based out of. You've done some work in the in the states and and raised venture capital here in the states. You've got a ton of international experience, uh, but sure. you guys are actually doing some really interesting things uh, with the local HubSpot user group in London, which we'll get to in a second. That's actually going to be the main theme of our conversation. But catch people up a little bit for those that might not know you because you're a, you're a you know, uh, HubSpot partner. So a lot yep. of the people I like in that world know you. On the coach consultant sure. side, they may not have any idea what that means. We'll get to that in a second, but tell us a little bit of what, what the agency looks like. Okay. So White Hat is, like you say, it's a HubSpot platinum level partner, um, which puts us in the top tier of, of, of partner agencies worldwide within the HubSpot community. And HubSpot, as you know, is an inbound marketing agency. So it's, it's all about uh, building authority and, and attracting leads to, to our clients' web websites and then figuring out how to convert those leads into, into customers, uh, nurturing them and everything else. White Hat as an agency has been going since 2011. Um, so we started out really in the SME market. Um, before we even came across HubSpot, we were uh, search engine optimization specialists. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of where my, my core skill set came from. Um, really dealing with small and medium-sized organizations. And then about three years ago, we, we discovered HubSpot and, and the whole HubSpot world. And that transformed our own business. And from that, we actually figured out that we should be using the HubSpot tech and the methodology for our clients. And that's when we became HubSpot partners. So, so circa 2014-15, you stumble across HubSpot, essentially. Is that, was that yeah. through clients? Yeah, and, and this, this, this is a funny thing about HubSpot, and I'm not sure if it's still true, but, but back in the day... Um, if, if anybody's ever come across HubSpot, it's probably because you're on a mailing list and, and they, they send you lots of in, information and, and it tends to be really good. You know, they'll tend you, send you guides on this and guides on that. But okay. before I knew who they were, I honestly had no idea who they were. They, they, they seemed to be people who were sending me information on social media, on blogging, on all these different things. So when they actually picked up the phone and spoke to me, um, I thought they were trying to sell me content and I was sort of pushing back saying, yeah, no, no guys, I've got, I've got my copywriters. I've got my team. I, I don't need any of this stuff. And, you know, yeah. but thanks anyway. And, and sort of hung up on them. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's only when I eventually drilled down, I turned up at one of their events and, oh, right. It's software. It's okay. The, really? Okay. Really? Um, and yeah, so I had That's no idea. We, yeah. We'd, I mean, literally before that we'd purchased um, Salesforce. If you're familiar with Salesforce. Yeah. CRM system, right? Everybody knows that. Um, and I was a my my history back in the day was was building CRM systems for investment banks. So I thought I thought I knew CRM systems inside and out. So I thought you know, I'll buy Salesforce for, for my company. And when I discovered HubSpot and the, this was the free CRM system that they had, I, I just fell in love with it. I thought it was really easy to use. Yeah. And I dropped Salesforce 
started using HubSpot, started to figure out the tech behind it, and then just got drawn into the whole orange world, really. Um, <laughs> orange <laughs> world. <laughs> <laughs> never left. Uh, but, you know, all things um, considered, that they are a really good company and we're, we're very happy with the, with the relationship. Well, and you mentioned it like transformed the company. What, what was it about getting into like the HubSpot ecosystem and drilling down on that, mm-hmm. that made such a huge difference? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. One is, is uh, HubSpot itself sells itself on the ability to, to manage and report on multiple different channels. So we were doing multiple different disparate things. So we were selling and implementing SEO. We were running parallel social media campaigns. We might have had some um, Google AdWords, PPC work on the side. We might build the odd website. But all of those things were done in isolation and they were done as separate projects. And we were never really talking to the business about the business. We, we were more a task-driven organization, a project-driven organization. Mm-hmm. And it worked and it paid the bills. Right. But the idea of HubSpot and the transformation that we've seen is that now what we do is we have business conversations with business leaders and we deal with KPIs and we deal with goals. So a typical yeah. conversation for me would be, you know, what, what are your plans for the next 18 months? Um, how, do you in, how do you want to grow? What specific numbers are around that growth? What's the time scale? What's the consequences of you hitting those targets? What's the consequence of missing them? And then that feeds back into, okay, so you want to grow, you know, by this amount, these, these, these numbers. How much can your internal teams deliver on that? What's your confidence level? that those teams can deliver on that. Maybe you were to hire somebody else. Can you do that? If you did a few more trade shows, are you going to hit the numbers? And then you come to an understanding, a, a kind of gap analysis yeah. where they can cover so much themselves and then we can step in and say, okay, fine. Let's see what we can do to fill some of that gap. Hmm. And then it becomes a scientific analysis of stepping backwards from those goals to say, okay, fine. What's your closure rate for the sales team? Yeah. You know, is, is that good? Do you need us to work with the sales team? No, they're, they're, those guys are okay. What about the sales qualified leads? How many, how many are you getting? What's your conversion rate? What about marketing to sales qualified leads? What about leads to marketing qualified leads? What about visitors to leads? And you can look at all those different steps and you can put in processes and work to, to effectively increase each of those. Mm-hmm. And that, that gives you campaigns. That gives you a, a project to work on. It gives you KPIs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that you're not selling SEO. What you're selling is growth. Um, and it doesn't matter how you then deliver that growth. You, it might be using the HubSpot system. It might not. But regardless, you're actually doing business analysis um, and you're looking and you're working at, at the high level with the business. And, and I enjoy that. And that, that's what the, the team is, is, is really good at now. Um, and that's the transformation. Whereas before, those small SME type businesses really weren't looking at their own businesses in that way. They, they were oh, looking yeah to hire somebody to get some leads really, really quickly. So there's a lot of churn in, in that lower end of the market. It was very difficult to grow an organization. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot there. And I, I yeah. will 100% agree. I mean, the, in fact, I have a call with a buddy of mine. He's starting, like, yeah, he's starting a digital agency. We have a call on Friday. Yeah. And one of my missions is to subtly talk him out of trying to go after the lowest, absolute lowest end of the market because you're right, yeah. that's where the churn is. And it's funny you talk about having like the, the ability 
regardless of what you might think of HubSpot and whether it's the right tool, it gave you guys the ability to have a completely different level of conversation. I mean, yes. I, I can remember that took place for me. My, my mentor who owns an, the agency that I came out of pressed me to start having those types of conversations with our clients. Yes. It absolutely transformed everything. Yes. Just, just the ability to ask those questions, um, it changes their, their level of respect for you. It changes the quality of the conversation. You, and, and you end up drilling down to what they're really concerned about and what they really need. So there's all kinds of positive implications, but even just, just the ability to shift and then look at you as something other than just a vendor that they tell you what to do and that I yes. want this and you deliver that, uh, that alone changes the, the dynamic. It's very rare, actually, for them to have a vendor that, that asks those type of questions because mm-hmm. typically somebody walks in and they're there to sell them something, right? right? So that it, it's like, you know, give me your pitch. Tell me, tell, me, tell me what it is that you've got and I'll figure out if I, if I want to buy it. Hmm. But if, if you turn that around and you say, okay, well, we've got tons of stuff. You're not going to buy it all. Why don't, why don't we talk about your business, about what you're trying to, trying to achieve and then see if there's an opportunity for us to work together because it might not be a good fit. So, so, yeah. so let's just play it out and, sit and see. Love and it. people appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I love it. There, there's so much, man. There, there's, we, could, we could go way down the rabbit hole on this. I'm going to try to contain myself. Um, let's quickly cover, uh, quickly tell me how big the team, what's the team structure, and then we'll get into the live event stuff. Yeah, so we've got an interesting team structure, which is pretty unique among the, the sort of um, organizations that um, exist within the partner world. Okay. Um, so I don't really have anybody working for me, um, really? which is interesting. Um, well, I, I do and I don't. Um, in, a, in, a, in my previous sort of organization, like I, I said, we, I was uh, uh, running teams of photographers. Right. Uh, and that's how I got into the, into the, into the world of SEO, right? I, 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 we had that conversation a little earlier on. Um, and one of the things that I picked up when I was doing that is, it, is it's possible to build quite a large organization. Um, with a sort of um, a disparate spread workforce okay. and you can work with partners and you can work with, with, um, uh, with people all around the world and still provide a world-class service. So when I started at White Hat, that's kind of what the, the model I was trying to see how far I could push it. Um, so if you look around in the office here, we've got maybe five people in London, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, not a big organization. It, it, it's really very small. And mainly it's, it's sales and customer support that, 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 um, and client management that, that exists here. Yeah. But the organization uh, behind that is, is actually quite a lot larger. So we partner with um, other agencies. Um, and, we, um, and I've built also an outsource team um, in the Philippines. Um, and I have teams of writers and, um, and other creatives that I work with both in the UK and around the world. Mm. And that allows me to scale. It allows me to do things that um, other agencies based in London or based in the big cities just can't do because they don't have a reliable, scalable team. One of the big problems with, with agencies is people. There's, there's a lot of churn. People come in, come, uh, they train them up, put a lot of time and effort into them, and yeah. then they get hired by a client. Yep. Um, and so you get, get the next one. So um, <laughs> I, I, I really didn't want to suffer from that. I wanted to be able to run large global campaigns, um, high-quality ones, um, at scale. Okay. Uh, and that's the kind of uh, infrastructure I built when we were doing just SEO, and, and, I've, and I've grown it beyond that 
um, when we moved into the inbound world and, and HubSpot. So we've got a partner organization down in South Africa with about 35, 40 people in them. Uh, and I can call on any of them at any time. Um, I've got a team in, in, like I say, in the Philippines as well. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not limited by, by, um, by workforce. That's awesome. So I, I didn't know any of that going in, mm-hmm. right? And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I've essentially built out the exact same thing, not, not at the scale that you are because we're not doing global campaigns for medium and large size companies. But it's funny, my head of content in South Africa, yeah. And, and phenomenal, fantastic, yeah. better than I can get here in the States. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and same thing, we've got some, some folks in the Philippines and things like that that yeah. help us out. I've got, but I do have my, like my key operations director yes. in San Diego exactly. with me. I yeah. see and I, I've got content writers in Canada as well. Yeah. Um, the, the, the South Africans are excellent. Um, mm-hmm. No complaints about them at all. Uh, we've got a, actually a team in Dublin as well. Uh, we work closely with, 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 um, with HubSpot in Dublin as well. So That's yeah, awesome. um, we, Love that. It, it's wherever you, you find good people, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, marketing is never time critical or it's, it's very rarely, right? It, you don't have problems that need to be fixed in the next five minutes. Right. So if you, if you can cope with waiting 24 hours for an answer or 12 hours for an answer, mm-hmm. then it's worth waiting uh, that time. And then you can actually take advantage of the different time zone differences around the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and this, there is an internal challenge there. And I've dealt with this with my operations director where you have to, um, you have to remind clients of that sometimes because they don't yeah. always feel that way. They sometimes they, they have the emergency mindset just because that's their personality. And we have to remind them, no, no, there is no emergency. Like the, these changes or these tweaks that we'd like to make to this piece of content sound mm-hmm. awesome. Let's do it for the next week's episode that goes out. We don't need to throw everybody into a panic to do it for tomorrow's episode uh, because it's, it is tempting. Uh, but yeah, the, the more you can take advantage of the time difference and talent, yeah. amazing talent all around the world uh, makes you a better agency. And, I and it's, it's a change of attitude as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're completely open about that when, when we start working with clients, in fact, in the, mm-hmm. in the sales process and early on. So it's, it's never a surprise. So, so right. this, is, this is always clear. But if you were to have that conversation sort of five years ago or, or, or more, you'd get a lot more kickback than you do now. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people are just comfortable with it. And there's so many companies working like that. And it comes down yeah. to can you deliver really good quality results for me. I don't care if you've got somebody in London and another person in Manila and another one in Cape Town. That's mm-hmm. fine. As long as what I see as an end result is really, really good and you're yeah. consistent. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting shift, which, which I'm a huge fan of. And I'm, I'm glad more companies are having to do it for themselves in their own business because yep. then they're seeing the positive side of it and they're going, okay, now, now all that matters is the result. Which, which I love. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive into the, uh, the HubSpot user group and what, what you guys have done with that that's been so in, like, incredible for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. Um, we, we put our hands up to, to take control of that about a year ago. Um, it wasn't really being run regularly um, in London. If you look around the world at the different HubSpot user groups that exist, there's probably an average of about 25, uh, 30 people who turn up to those events. And, and that's fine. Um, but we thought that in London, it, it, something bigger was, was sort of called for, um, big city, lots of opportunities. So, so we pitched to take control of that and we were, we were awarded control of it just less than a year ago, really. And we've grown it from, from literally zero people attending 
to um, the next one, uh, which is on October the 9th. Um, we've got about 200 people signed up. Holy cow. Uh, we've actually got about 250 people signed up for, the, for that event, um, which is phenomenal. I think it's the, the largest in the EMEA um, region, which, which, mm. which is great. We'd love to take it even bigger, um, but we're sort of leveling out at that number mm. just to make sure we've got the processes in place and, and, and it's all run smoothly. And It's a learning process, right? Because we were not an events company before. Where <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole other test, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's a whole different thing when you actually have to meet people in the real world and yeah. feed them sandwiches and, and get them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it is yeah. annoying. Those people do yeah. want to eat. It's very yeah. inconvenient. Yeah. They're, they're, real, they're real people. Um, so we're learning. Um, so the, 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 the initial ones were quite small, but we're, and we've had some fantastic speakers. I mean, if you know people from HubSpot, we've had Dan Tyre come over. We've had the head of um, Christian coming over from Dublin, head, head of EMEA. Um, we've got the head of Vidyard flying over from Toronto uh, for the October event. So was, we've got some fantastic speakers. And um, there's, there's a couple of things around that. One is, is what's the reason for, for doing it? And, and really, it's, it's all about educating and inspiring. That, that's the goal. It's, it's not a sales pitch. Nobody's getting up on stage and, and selling anything. Okay. Um, and it's very important that that's the case. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I've got up there and I've given presentations myself, but um, increasingly I'm stepping back from that and I'm bringing partners in, in place. Right? We've got another HubSpot agency partner um, who's going to be leading it next time. Mm -hmm. um, like I say, we've got integration partners like Vidyard coming in. We'll, we'll fly in HubSpot um, speakers as well. Um, we'll get celebrities coming in. We actually had a, a, a conservationist um, talking um, in, in one of the previous hugs. So I, I, I think they're valuable. And then they're not really just open to HubSpot users. It's about 50-50 um, non-HubSpot people. And we try and make it generic. So we teach best practice marketing, best practice sales, uh, and just try and make it uh, really interesting for people. And, and that seems to resonate. Um, and we've got really no problem filling those, those slots. They, they, they sell out well in advance. Uh, the uh, attendee or speaker slots? Uh, well, both, to be both. perfectly honest. Um, yeah. uh, once you get 200 plus attendees coming along, then it's pretty easy to get speakers. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to talk in front of 200 people. Um, and then once you get really good speakers, it's no problem getting 200 people to, to attend to listen to them. So yeah, that's it, interesting, it, but it, it's, it's definitely, yeah, and I think that's for anyone that's interested in using like a similar strategy, that, that is the catch-22, right? It's like, how do, you, how do you get the butts in seats to, to attract the speakers without, you know, and, and so I have a buddy of mine that runs a lot of events in Australia, hmm. and he essentially just had to put six figures of his own money on the line and bring in a big name, and that's what put butts in the seat, and then that's what yep. got the momentum going for him. It sounds like you guys put, took more of a grassroots approach and ste very steadily, slowly built it up. Focusing more on the content than the name of the speakers, right? Yeah. We're fortunate in that HubSpot itself has quite a good partner community. So mm -hmm. those partners are also very keen to put themselves up in front of, uh, of an audience. And they have, you know, a lot of them are, uh, are good speakers themselves. They're, they're companies that, that um, know how to get the message out. So um, if we can get a good speaker, then it's actually not hard to promote. So if we, the first events that we had are, are maybe about 50 people attending. If you've got a three month lead, you can easily fill 50 slots, right? Um, you, you just get on the phone and phone people up. Mm -hmm. um, 
we use LinkedIn, we use email campaigns. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a marketing company. We should be able to get thumbs on seats. <laughs> You'd hope so, yes. <laughs> it is I'm telling you though, event, filling events, and that's, that's hand-to-hand combat. So I, I like the fact that you just straight up say, like sometimes yeah. you have to jump on the phone because that, that is 100% true from what I've seen. Listen, it, it says inbound on the box, but that doesn't mean you can't use the telephone, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, last couple of, well, I've got one or maybe two, uh, one or two more quick questions about just the logistics on that. Before we get to that, how do people uh, link up and connect, especially if they're in the agency world and want to, want to connect? Um, if they want to connect to me, they're very welcome to, I mean, white hat hyphen seo.co.uk is our website. Um, there's a contact form there. There's a, there's a link to the, to the hug. Um, anybody's very welcome to come along. Um, the other thing, if they're interested in that, we film, um, every event that we run and, and we publish those, those, um, those recordings and slides and everything else back on the site. So if you want to see what we're doing, you can, you can just, you can just listen in. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, so here, here's what I see happening with or potentially happening with an event like that is as you get other people in, you yeah. start like the creative vision and the very specific way that you guys have built it that has worked, there's a temptation to get off of that. There's a temptation to try to make it either A, more HubSpot focused, more tool focused, um, and start doing like panels with users that just have, they don't really have any, they're they're dry, they don't have really have anything to say, they don't have a lot of public speaking experience. There's all kinds of things that can screw up kind of what you guys have got that's working. So who, who maintains the creative direction? And then how do you actually make sure you've got someone on your staff that isn't just you pulling this stuff off so it happens without pulling you out of the business? Sure. Um, that is a problem. Um, because if you don't have any employees, it's difficult to, um, <laughs> to, to, de- to get, delegate physical events, right? Yeah. It's, it's, the one, yeah, yeah. it's the one thing that, that, that I, I do have issues with. Um, but my wife actually manages most of that. So, so mm-hmm. Manjeet spends a lot of time organizing and putting the whole thing together. So, that, yeah. so there's a lot of pressure on her to do all of that. Um, in terms of the content and the creativity, um, here's an interesting thing. Because, well, there's, there's, two, there's two things around that. We do regular surveys. So everybody who comes, we send out a, a survey. Did they like it? Did, what's the feedback? But also, what do they want to see next? What are, what are the issues that they're concerned with? What do they want to learn more about? Um, and we use that as a driver for future content. Yeah, so that makes us think mm-hmm. about who we want to speak, what content needs to be addressed. And that gives us a strategy for the rest of the year really in terms of content creation and it's mm. you can look at it in the same way that you'd look at a content um, uh, calendar for a for a client you know what are we you know what are the resources that we have available what are we trying to achieve what time scales do we have to do that in and then you can plan out the whole year saying okay well we need a particular piece of content on seo or another one on on video or, or another one on conversion rate optimization who's the best speaker that we could possibly get to talk about that would they come across what's the what's the logistics around it how much time do we have to prep in for it um so instead of then hiring a copyright copywriter we just bring in an expert and we fly them in and and, and get them to talk mm. so the, there's a big advantage once you've got an infrastructure that's that's up and running and, and running like a machine like that mm-hmm. you can actually um fill those slots um and generate that content really well and of course you've got the world to choose from and everybody wants to come yeah so it's 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 a it's it's a fascinating um uh way and also um purely um selfishly i mean uh is is it's a great way of creating content 
that gets them put up, put out on the site. We turn it into blogs. Like I mentioned before, we film everything. We yeah. turn it into podcasts. We tweet. There's a massive amount of content that's created from every single hug event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually feeds back into our own content strategy and the way that we work with clients. So mm-hmm. we use that same methodology when we work with clients. And there's very few people who do that. If, if you think about content creation, many people hire a you know, copywriter, right? And, and they, mm-hmm. they'll write these, these articles and they'll create their, their, their white papers and their eBooks. Yeah. But it's rarely that you actually go to the, to the root experts yeah. for, for, for that information, yeah. right? So yeah. why not film it? Why, why not create, it doesn't have to be an event. You can, you can do it like, like this with a, with a, you know, a screen share and, and you can record things and you can talk to CEOs. You can talk to head of customer services. You can talk to salespeople. You can get the people who have the real knowledge and you can extract that yeah. and turn it into content. And that's the kind of thing that we're working on. And we've learned a lot from the hugs, which is then feeding back into our own way of dealing with our own clients. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think to me, that's the future. That's, that's where things are going is for every, every company, every individual expert, every agency to have a show. Hmm. And, and then you repurpose over and over again, that, that the content you break that. I think even Gary Vee said that the other day, the future yeah. is micro content. The future is not the long form. You do the long form, but you end up breaking it out into all these kind of micro content, different yeah. pieces for different platforms. Uh, yeah. I think he's hundred percent right on that. Yeah. So you, you do both. Yeah. I think that's my opinion yeah. is long form is really, really good for a search engine optimization. It, Google loves it. Yeah. Um, but people absorb content in different ways and in different formats. So you have to do everything. So you have to have video, you have to have audio, you have to have slide shares, you have to have um, snippets of tweets and things like that, um, which, is, which is fine. You know, it's, it's um, everything for everybody. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, incredible conversation. I appreciate it. And, and I'm, I was really excited to hear about the team structure. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who get a lot of value out of that because I think it's, it's a model. Like I'm, I'm kind of talking about it in terms of like what, what, I've, um, what I'm working on building, what I see other people building. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize that you, had that, that you had that big of a flexible worldwide structure. So I think what, what you're doing is incredible. And I, and I think that to me, that's kind of the future where agencies are going. You mentioned that you've just got, it's, it's yourself, you're the intellectual horsepower uh, that kind of determines the expertise and where the, where the firm goes. And then you've got your key people that do sales and marketing, customer service, and then yes. everything else you have to flexible yes. teams so, so you can scale up and down with yes. demands and, and how, how, you know, the projects that you want to take on and how big or small you want your, your agency to be for your life. Yeah. You, you, need, you need to systemize it in order to, for that to work properly. And that's yeah. the one thing, I mean, the one takeaway I would give people is that you can't just hire a, a remote team and delegate and say, right, your, your guys are going to do SEO and then, then leave them alone. Yeah. You have to lock down your systems. You have to be able to do it yourself or, or, or have it completely clear and in a centralized place and have a way of dealing that before you can then pass on that work to somebody else. So, um, that's one of the things that we've learned over the last few years. And that came out of my banking world experiences, is systems procedures and documentation and everything else. Yeah. Which, which makes total sense. I don't know where I got it, but I'm kind of drawn to it naturally for whatever reason. So, uh, one of the things I learned from my, from my mentor is the phrase, I do it, we do it, you do it. And so I like that just carried that principle into everything. I think that's so important. And anytime we try to get out of doing one of those three things, we just end up creating more problems for ourselves. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. 
So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at PursuingResults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.